It is the Roots and Branches podcast here at New Life Evangelical Free Church in Hastings, Minnesota. My name is Paul Arneberg with Pastor Brent Compelin. It's the 22nd episode, number 22, and I associate that with the birthday of Bilbo Baggins and Frodo Baggins in <laughs> The Lord of the Rings, of course. You can't get through a podcast without a Lord of the Rings reference yeah. and a numbers reference, but the other reason the number 22 is so special to me is because that's the date my mom died, went mm. home to be with the Lord in 1985. And so uh, it, both September, in fact, it's not September now, but Bilbo and Frodo was born the 22nd. My mom died on the 22nd of September. And uh, the neat thing about that is, as Christians, we believe that all the redeemed in the Lord will be reconstituted with mm. new bodies. And with that in mind, I'm going to uh, make good on a quote I sort of botched, but I did refer to Dr. Richard Swenson a couple of episodes ago regarding the symmetry of the universe. And I actually wrote a column on this mm. in my former Jughead's Journal newsletter, and I, I quoted Richard Swenson by my own quote in this. He says, the dimensional symmetry of the created order is this. The entire universe is 10 to the 27th meter in size. The smallest subatomic particles are 10 to the negative 26th meters in size. And humans at about one meter or 10 to the zero are right in the middle. And so that is the, I think I said something one to the 70th, but it's actually 10 <laughs> to the 26th and or 10 to the 27th, 10 to the negative. So we are right in the middle. And then Swenson goes on to say, each human body has about 10,000 trillion trillion atoms that make up the mini cities of our 10 to 100 trillion cells. And all that is to say, when you've listened in the past, we talk about God is the God of the all and the God of the small. It's unfathomable how vast the universe is yeah. and how vast the subatomic particles are. And back to my mom, uh, that she died 38 years ago almost, uh, her body will be reconstituted with all those cells. In it's, it, it's a mystery, but on the other hand, it may be that it's going to be a similar dimension to this body. And the point is, yeah. we have real tangible hope in Christ. And uh, ultimately, Brent, the hope is meted out <laughs> right now in this day and age. And this episode is called Lonely to Belonging, our next transformational outcome, a, a short two-part episode right now. Talk about what is lonely to belonging and how we're going to flesh yeah. that in the context of the local church. Yeah, thanks, Paul. And, and I do appreciate you sharing that uh, just about about the hope that we have, but also specifically, um, you know, losing your mom yes. those years ago. Um, one of the one of the things that we're going to talk about in the episode today, because again, we've been talking transformational outcomes. What are we desiring people to move from and then towards in salvation in Christ as we're redeemed and forgiven of our sin, but also given new life and become new creations in Christ? And what are the ways that we want to live in faithfulness today mm -hmm. uh, as we're being sanctified? We do have a future hope. Yes, and. Uh, that future hope um, in the new heavens and new earth uh, is, is a physical reality. It's a it's a spiritual reality. There's going to be a new earth, a new place to live, but face to face with God, yeah. and then also with with one another. I know it's like an ongoing thing in our episodes. It is. You and I love talking about heaven because yes. it, it really is like a palpable, very tangible uh, reality to look ahead to. Mm -hmm. But what is so cool, and what we're going to get into in this transformational outcome, it what comes out in the others, is that in the church of Jesus Christ today, like his body, the bride of Christ, we are a foretaste and signpost to the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And so that future hope that we have, which is the ultimate thing that we're looking ahead to, the eternity with God uh, in the new heavens and new earth, we get to see and feel and, and experience a taste of that as we live together in the church, as we see relationships restored, as we see um, sin being 
defeated and, yes. and uh, the power of, of it uh, and this, the enslavement to sin uh, being broken free from that mm-hmm. um, to see uh, forgiveness and to see soft heartedness and to see transformation and just see ways that as a community of faith and all the ways that we stumble around um, that we bear with one another in love and we show and display what the kingdom of God is like to people. Um, so today's transformational outcome is moving from lonely to belonging. And we kind of set it up with some of that introduction because one of the primary ways that uh, we see the kingdom of God displayed is in the church as the body, mm-hmm. as a community of faith, as a family of faith, as a, a, a family that we belong to because this is God's family with our Heavenly Father. And I'll tell you, one of, like, one of the things we like to start with in these episodes is what's the, what's the kind of climate we live in today. Yes. And what, I mean, how does it strike you when you hear this transformational outcome from lonely to belonging? Like I, the world that we live in, what does it feel like for, for, for many people today? Well, I, I am a big, um, how do I say this? Not a proponent, the opposite of that. I am a, a agnostic or should I say almost anti-social media. And the reason I say that, I don't begrudge my four older siblings who have all dabbled in Facebook and all dabbled in other forms of social media, one of my siblings in particular, uh, and some of my peers, in fact, in my Gen X generation. But uh, there's something very artificial about saying, I have 3,000 friends on Mm. social media. How many of them really know you? And how much is there a reciprocal relationship? Mm. And also on a very personal level with my face-to-face, blood-and-flesh friends, Mm. uh, the most fulfilling friendships I've experienced and continue to experience are those when there's a really reciprocal knowing and being known. Mm. You can't do that if all you're sharing are what you ate for breakfast (laughs) or your favorite sports teams or even your political views or theological views. All of those are merely information. And as much as I have already made it, not a name for myself, but I am known by this podcast listening audience and then my friends and family as kind of a numbers guy. I I like to do the associations. I love Uh these word quirky, nerdy quotes. Uh, That isn't the essence of of who I am. Yeah. That's an entryway. That's a way to get to know me. And that's kind of a quirky thing. And you know, whether it's Terry and I and Weird Al or or whatever <laughs> the thing is, uh, I we need to know each other beyond that. Now there's levity. There's great thing about levity, but when I think of loneliness, I think it's people that think they have the false sense of security that the numbers of people they have as followers or likes Mm. equal their contentment in depth of knowing each other. That doesn't count. That's where introverts have it well, like your wife and my sister and my wife and others. (laughs) uh, When they say they'd rather have two or three or four really close friends than 100 acquaintances, that is the essence of really belonging to something that is bigger than just living on your own and thinking you have this peripheral uh, audience that really isn't a friendship group. Yeah, there's just something that strikes me about the climate or the, the world we're living in today that there is so there are so many opportunities for superficial relationships. Mm-hmm. That's what we're like permeated by. It's just what the world we swim in day to day. Not only not only because we can interact with and encounter you know lots and lots of people as you say like maybe even hundreds or thousands of friends on online uh, through social media, but even the people that we do have maybe longer standing, deeper relationships with, we can either be tempted by or, or even just the busyness of life sort of creates an environment where we have these little touch points with them or we sort of, we send a quick message or something like that. We, even the people we care about the most, mm-hmm. we tend not to have the time, energy or capacity or margin 
to sit down undistracted for a long period of time and have a conversation. Yes. So it's like both. It's like we're bombarded with lots of superficial relationships, but then we're also missing out on something with those few deeper relationships because some of us keep getting pulled away from those opportunities to deeper connection. Yes. And that just makes the loneliness factor go way up for all of us. And the other important thing I want to bring up that we talked about pre-show, Brent, is that oftentimes loneliness is exacerbated by the feeling like no one would understand. If they really got to know me, they'll reject me. Uh, I dare not bring up anything that's vulnerable because I might get, I might get hurt. Yeah. I might get rejected. And therefore, there's that uh, vicious cycle of yep. silence to say, oh, I can't say that I struggle with this or that I have this thought or feeling mm-hmm. because I won't be accepted. Therefore, I'll clam up. But then that also makes you not only not have an outlet for yeah. sharing your vulnerabilities. It, it denies others the chance to minister to you. And yes. also, there's a phrase I made up. Uh, I'm not sure if I made it up, but I at least coined <laughs> it in my mind uh, several years ago. Vulnerability begets vulnerability. Yeah. If you're transparent truly to somebody else in the spirit, especially, yeah. they're going to volunteer information back to you. And it's like, you're both strengthened because you have a friend that knows and understands. And yeah. that then they are, you're a safe person for them to approach because you're not in a pedestal yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, as you're talking, one of the things that strikes me is w- the, w- the first thing that happens after sin enters in the garden, like let's uh, just go to Genesis. 3. Yeah, there you go. The first thing that happens is, um, Adam and Eve hide mm-hmm. when God comes calling. Yes. And it's like the shame and guilt of sin causes us to want to pull away. Mm-hmm. And God is saying, hey, where are you guys? He's, God is reaching out to connect with his image bearers, and they're running away. Yes. And it's like a missed, not, and not only like in the, in the maybe general sense of, oh, it's a missed opportunity for connection. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sin just drove a wedge between God and humanity. Yep. Now, in, in, in the biggest sense, theologically, we know that like, that's the source of, of all of the fallout of the, the, like, of the curse of sin, right? Yes. But it also, in small ways, is, is the same, uh, I guess, the same lie we're believing or the same... Uh, the same uh, manifestation of that curse of sin that we live in in our sin nature that pulls us away from people. So you just talked about the fear of being known. Mm-hmm. That that comes for many of us, it comes from a deep sense of insecurity or of shame or of uh, about who we are. That mm-hmm. if someone really knew me, they wouldn't accept me. Yes. They wouldn't love me. They wouldn't care to know me. They would reject. Mm-hmm. And that um, that is re- that is a real deep-seated fear for many of us. Yep. And and it, it 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 that shame or that 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 insecurity that just keeps as in the opposite of what you said, that begets more loneliness. Yes. And that's more right. isolation. That cycle and less less relationship and connection and, and depth of, of of being known by anyone. Yeah. And so that's in my opinion, in my life experience, hmm. that's a good test. Uh, whether it is uh, maybe even a work relationship, but especially a family relationship, a church family relationship, mm. any sort of relationship in your life, if you dare or deign to use an old fashioned word, if you deign <laughs> to share something that is of a potential uh, uh, just feeling lower, like you're mm. not going to live up to their expectations of you, and they accept you and and walk with you in that rather than reject you, say you're less than, well, then that's you found someone that is trustworthy yeah. in times of trial. Whereas yeah. people that spiral really downward and then they get into things that are, we've, we've touched on this in the past, but as far as mental illness and yep. self harm, that's because they 
they presume no one would accept me if they really knew who I am. But yeah. instead, if you can walk with people and look for communities that are not just isolating yourself, but yep. you can walk in life. And again, I would add, in levity as well, not just in mm. in the deep, burdensome things, but in things that are going to really be life-giving and, yeah. and doing life together. And so that's the, I believe it's a lie, and then we're going to get into the lies of Satan, but <laughs> one lie of the enemy is that you're the only one that struggles with this. Yeah. No one will understand, even if something as innocuous as self-doubt yep. or, or, or doubt in the Lord's promises. You need to sharpen each other to say the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, according to 2 Peter 3, but he is faithful to fulfill them all in his timing. So trust in the Lord while you have breath. Yes. And so, yeah, the, the loneliness is a um, scourge on our modern society. I would argue, especially in America, when we're, we live compartmentally already and many of us work from home and many yeah. of us don't have extended family nearby for hundreds of miles so we need community to have an antidote to that especially if you're part of the body of Christ yeah and I, I think one of the current issues today we, we just coming out of okay here we are it's now the middle of 2023 mm-hmm. you know we're what three plus years after the kind of onset of the COVID pandemic and all of the isolation that happened with that Right. I mean, we were all told to stay home and, and, and things shut down. I mean, it's just like things outside of our control to a large degree. And some of us who, you know, you're trying to navigate the complexity of that and trying to be respectful, but also trying to still connect with people. We are coming out of a unique season mm-hmm. where all of us, to some degree, have been impacted by the isolating reality yes. of a global, like, health crisis. Yes. Okay. So... Even the desire of reconnecting has varying levels and layers to that. Like some really want to and some don't. And for all of us who trying to, I mean, you probably all feel this, listeners, that you're trying to navigate this over the last few years and you're not sure who wants to do what and how they want to do it and who's going to sit next to each other. And you're just like, you feel like you're walking on eggshells all the time. And in some ways, that's good. Some people have have legitimate health issues to be able to address and and need that. But um, we've all struggled with isolation and with feeling lonely. And so there's this broader sense in the culture that we've had to deal with that. But there's also some very acute uh, forms of loneliness today. Some of them, as we've mentioned, have come through, I would say, like the false promises of connection through social media. Yes. It has sold us a bill of goods that you're going to connect with others in a greater, grander, and perfect way. And the reality is, is it's a totally a paltry, like awful substitute and is actually harming our ability to connect with other people. If I'll say it that way, I mean, I'll be pretty strong about it because I feel pretty strongly about it, I guess. But there's some also, and I just want to be, I want to make sure we're really compassionate with this reality. There are some, and I, I know there's some in our own church family, and I know that there's so many across this country uh, or in our own backyard here in Hastings Cottage Grove area in, in, in this part of the metro, who um, for for various reasons, whether it's the loss of a spouse, um, estrangement from kids, uh, financial hardships, loss of a job, friendships that have broken down, there are so many ways that there's pe- there are people who are hurting and who either live alone or or for whatever reason, relationships have been broken and loneliness. We can sometimes paint loneliness as this in these broad strokes and kind of use, um, maybe we use social media as like a, uh, um, a scapegoat for that. Mm -hmm. And and I'm sometimes guilty that, 
But there's some who are just genuinely, because they didn't choose it, are lonely and hurting. Yep. And it's so in other, in other words, what I'm trying to say is that loneliness is this, you, th- you talk about COVID being a pandemic. Loneliness is an epidemic that is touching so many people. Yes. And it is so multifaceted and has so many causes. And yet what we need as human beings, as God's image bearers, is connection. And we're ultimately made to connect with God. Yes. And then therefore with each other, because he's created us to live in community with one another, with him as Lord. Yes. And I would say if we were to let social media off the hook and say, let's just (laughs) set that totally aside, maybe the idea is loneliness is the default Mm. factory setting of humans. Because we sinned against God and Adam and Eve instantly were in that sense cut off and therefore lonely and they had to sow fig leaves for themselves before the Lord Mm. slaughtered the first animal to cover them with skins. Mm -hmm. Uh, So therefore blood covered their sin as it were in, in Genesis 3. Our factory setting as sinful people is loneliness and it's not just the social media because that's only existed for the last 10 or 15 years. It is the idea of presuming that being around other human bodies equals connection and belonging. We need intentionality. I think of recently, I went to my niece's wedding in another state, and I really enjoyed connecting with a couple of my other nieces from other states, and uh, and they're actually uh, in their 20s and 30s now, and I found ways to connect with them, one through my cat, because she also has a cat, and another niece has a dream of starting a farm. And I said, oh, Aunt Wendy and I work on a farm, and and Uh she wants to have therapy animals, like goats. I thought, great, let's talk about that. Hey, by the way, Tiffany and Chad Newhart founded a Rise of Recovery in my church. So I gave gave them the interview with Tiffany in episode six, I believe it was. So connection. So it wasn't just being in the same proximity. And I can name drop Jessica and her sister Rosalie. It wasn't just name dropping that, hey, Jessica, I go to a church now with this ministry, it was going beyond just the pleasantries. Hi, how are you? And, you know, everything is great. Let's talk about the weather. Let's yeah. talk about the No, let's talk about what are you interested in. Yeah. And I have a connection for you. I'm excited about your cat and about your uh, therapy farm dream. She's actually yeah. going back to school in her upper 30s. And so the point is that Uncle Paul and and uh, <laughs> goddaughter Jessica and her sister Rosalie, just by being in the same place, doesn't automatically end up to be yeah. connection. We need to be intentional, yeah. and then that goes back to that vulnerability. I need to put myself on the line and say, I want to care about you more than just being hi, how are you? Let me go get another yep. bag of popcorn or whatever it is. We have to go deeper. But then back to your point, Brent, the compassion word. Yep. Be discerning. How do we connect? How do we really not want to scare someone off, but also be like the hound of heaven say, no, I'm going to keep on persisting. I want to connect with you beyond the pleasantries and certainly not to leave you alone, assuming your whole life you should be left alone. That's not God's will for our relationships. Yes. And I was just having a conversation similar to this at lunch today. (laughs) What, you know, this is going to probably drop as an episode, like a week or two after (laughs) as this actual event happened. But I was talking with somebody just uh, as we were, um, we were interacting with someone from a different culture, mm-hmm. but this just without giving all, you know, talking every detail about it. And one of the things that I mentioned is I said, one of the most, one of the most important gifts you can give to someone who's different from you in terms of, let's say they come from a different cultural background or they, you know, you're, you're visiting a different place or you're meeting someone new for the first time is to simply be curious yes. and ask questions. Ask questions. That's right. And just the fact that you're curious about getting to know them is a huge gift. And you talk about connecting with people. So I, I, and then just 
just for those who desire to greater connect with others, that curiosity is such an important element in order to be able to show that you actually have some care and compassion for that other person. That's, yes. that's the first thing that comes to mind. The second is, and this is, this is maybe where we can, where we can um, just kind of land it from like a biblical principle, is that, because we're going to kind of shift to the next episode to talk about belonging in terms of the church. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about loneliness... I mean, we could we could spend a lot of time on this episode talking about the the current situation of people feeling lonely, mm-hmm. the amount of people who live in uh, in households by themselves, the the yeah. the amount of loneliness there is even when you're even when you're near people, things like that's right, things like feeling isolated even though you're you're around people all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's even there's terms like urban isolation. I mean, I lived in an urban area for a while. You can literally um, like a, an illustration of it is you can be in an elevator. And you can literally be shoulder to shoulder with like eight other people yep. with zero connection. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. just proximity does not necessarily equate to connection, but you have to take intentionality with it. Here's, here's the biblical principle. The way to truly connect with other people. And we talked about vulnerability. We've talked about shame. We've talked about the reality of like not just struggling to be known. The only way to truly feel that you can open yourself up to be known is when you are forgiven by Jesus Christ. Mm, yes. Because when you realize by God's grace that you, filthy sinner, have been forgiven because you say, uh, I recognize my need and I, I, I want to turn from the things that I know that are not good in my sin nature and I, I don't want to continue living this way, like I, to the repent, to turn around, and then to be a new creation in Christ and to see God put like restoration and renewal and making you alive in Christ and sanctifying you, knowing that your identity is secure in Christ and I'm a forgiven, blood-bought child of God is the only foundation upon which you can build true connection and be known by others. That's right. And just like Romans 8 says, when you are known and forgiven in Christ, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so that's the ultimate form of vulnerability. Every sin and every thought of your entire life is laid bare, according to Hebrews 4, uh, in front of the Lord God with whom we have to do. And Mm -hmm. if that's true, we can risk ourselves to be vulnerable to others because we can share that same forgiveness in the Lord that they can also lay themselves bare and be forgiven. And therefore, together on a horizontal level, we can be vulnerable together, be strengthened together, and be stronger in the body of Christ because of that. So yeah. it does take risk, but I do like that you brought up earlier again, and I'll reiterate, Brent, it does take compassion and understanding, not blaming one element yeah. or, or any one demographic element, like if it's divorce or if it's death or if it's empty nest or whatever. Uh, it could be college students that are vulnerable yeah. or uh, lonely. It could be um, people that are in job transition or health transition or just like they have the blues. You know, we've got to be compassionate yeah. and not look with people with one-dimensional eyes. We have to look at the nuances yeah. and also look for opportunities to genuinely shepherd and care for them. And I love what you said too, ask questions. Yeah. I don't know anybody I've ever met in my life that doesn't like to talk about him or herself. Yeah. Why? Not because of narcissism. They like to share what they believe, they like yeah. to share their struggles. They, even if they're really close buttoned up, they might share their favorite sports team, their favorite thing to eat. And then at least they're sharing. And then you just ask. Yeah. You're not giving opinion, you're not even giving a judgment. You're just giving them yeah. to share. And then there's a connection point. You can go further. And then of course the rest yeah. is relational history. Yeah. It's just easy to, here's a quick tool. Yeah. Use the sentence, 
tell me about such and such. Oh yeah. That's it. That's all you have to say. It doesn't have to be a fancy question. Mm -hmm. It's just tell me about what you did today. Tell me about this camp you went to. Tell me about your job. Tell me about your kids. Tell me about your favorite thing you did this summer. Connect with others. Here's the thing for, for all of us. And I guess we can, we can kind of wind it down here. Um, Lone, like we recognizing loneliness is an epidemic around us. And some of us, I mean, I felt lonely sometimes. I'm sure you do too, Paul. Uh, there's, it's something that we're going to get into a little more detail in the next episode. Satan wants you to feel lonely. Yes. And he wants you to be isolated. And he wants you to feel that you're unworthy of connection, mm-hmm. that you're unworthy of belonging, that you're, that you're not able to or worthy to be a part of the family. That's right. And so... That's a lie. Yeah. And when you stand in God's grace, blood-bought child of God, you are on the only solid foundation, which is Christ, upon which you can belong, Mm -hmm. and you can find that the loneliness starts to melt away as you connect with other people. And you connect with God primarily. Yes. That's where the source of it all, as you connect in communion with your Heavenly Father through Christ by the Spirit. So that's really the the calling, and we're going to pick that up in the next episode. So. Yes, I look forward to that episode 23 coming up and uh, tie together my mom's anniversary of her death. 25 people were there to usher her into the arms of Jesus, and that was uh, 38 years ago. We're going to talk about how to get there through Christ in episode 23. Thanks a lot. Roots and Branches, signing off.